I'm Daniel Blackman. I'm Eric Cohen. And welcome to Blue Topsy this week. A uh, lot going on. Martyr vote today. Yeah, that is a big deal today. We've talked about it on the show a bunch. Well, I mean, there's a sunny day outside right now. 400 is doing what it usually does. But no excuses for anyone out there that's voting. By the time uh, this show airs, uh, we should know the results. And uh, it definitely will be a, a topic of interest on our next show. Well, just to prove why uh, mass transit is so important, uh, as I was telling you before the show, our brand new car was dead in the parking lot yesterday. So it would have been nice to have had a bar to my ass. That sucks, man. You kind of shake me up on the electric vehicle thing. man. I mean, I don't want to be stuck with the electric plug. But our guest today, ironically, if we had transit uh, doing what it's supposed to be doing, and if we had access to it, if the 7th Congressional District, Forsyth County, Gwinnett, got behind this amazing initiative to help transportation, uh, to help us be more mobile from, uh, you know, Melissa Clink talking about affordable housing That's and right. transportation to... Bianca to, you know, our good friend that came on last week, Brenda Lopez, to our guest today, Mr. Michael Owens. Uh, we already know how important it is. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Happy to be here. We got a we got like a celebrity rock star in the studio today, man. <laughs> I know. But, you know the, for those that don't know, Michael's been on national stuff, unlike us. So it's rather impressive. I know, man. I mean, but you know, the fun thing is, uh, Michael and I go back a little bit. We have a, a relationship between my brother-in-law and Michael and, and, and Georgia Tech, right? Georgia Tech. That's right. Before Georgia Tech, And actually. basketball, right? Basketball. We, we uh, me and your brother-in-law played on the same basketball team. Oh, Took man, down a championship man. or two back in the day. Man, hustling, man. <laughs> well, look, Michael. I will see how long ago that was, though. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a good while. It's, it's been a while, man, but I, I can honestly say from the time we started this show our goal was to get not only thought leaders but people that we admire people that we respect and uh your name has come up on more than one occasion so we want to thank you uh from jason carter our first show that's right all the way to michael owens today and we just want to open up by you know you're the former chairman if i'm not mistaken you had to step down from cobb county or are you still the chairman i am still the chairman for about uh four more days four more days <laughs> yeah. wow so yeah. we we probably have like the last exclusive uh -huh. interview as <laughs> interviewing the chairman of the Cobb County uh, Democratic Party. You you probably do. I, oh, I man. Think so. Special. I think we'll take these last few days and kind of soak it in. Make Blue sure Towson the right, making history. The right administrative <laughs> things I need to do, but uh, but I, I'm already starting to reflect a little bit. Um, there, was a, there was a piece that came out last week that really kind of summed up my time as the chair of the uh, uh, of the Democratic Party party in Cobb County and and it's it's been an amazing ride it really has well I want to you know just jump into the pool head first 2016 um, amazing year for Democrats we did not get the result we wanted in the White House but we saw some really amazing contested races we saw uh, Cobb County go for Hillary Clinton we saw we are seeing continual progress uh, in that specific area and we now have a congressional representative in Lucy McBath can you kind of talk to us a little bit about what that journey has been like I mean we're not that far removed from 2016 but I want to commend you I want to commend your executive committee and I want to commend the good Good Democrats in Cobb County for all the work you've done and and what was that journey like you know I appreciate it I mean it's that the journey has been a whirlwind I mean, it, it was, uh, to say the least I actually I came on the executive board back in 2015 actually wow. end of 2015 I think um, I was a second vice chair at the time and uh, you know our strategic work really started in earnest then I mean mm -hmm. we were we were still a, a relatively small committee by Certainly by today's standard, a very small committee uh, for at least what Cobb has become. Um, but we had started the the goal 
that we were going to reach out to Democrats across the county. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cobb County historically has had its blue section, which okay. was mainly the South Cobb area, Austell, Mableton. And my mother lives in Austell. Parts of Powder mm-hmm. Springs. Yeah. Um, but the vast majority of the rest of the county, completely red, right. blood red. So, um, you know, we, I think we made the effort starting in starting in late 15, early 16, that, that we were going to go out and actually try to uh, start exercising, you know, our, our fundamental get out the vote strategy across the county and a lot of things you know people ask me what happened i remember the the day after the election people were were shock and awe across the county <laughs> yeah. you know, i guess the best way to say it democrats republicans alike uh because yeah as you mentioned daniel um you know hillary clinton came out 6800 votes approximately uh, over donald trump and mm-hmm. um good for Cobb. yeah, yeah you know i, like I mean I, and i tell people it's first time in 40 years that a Democrat had actually held up the uh, the top of the ticket in Cobb. As a matter of fact, it was since um, uh, President Jimmy Carter. Wow. 1976 wow. was the last time that, that Cobb County had a presidential candidate that won out from um, the Democratic Party. So that obviously, yeah, was, was a huge shock. Uh, but it started with the testament of what was to become. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, I, I can't say it's alone. There are people inside the party, there are people as well as outside the party. Uh, you know, and we can't talk about that victory without talking about the rise of the grassroots mm-hmm. that started basically at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was that was when, you know, now is what people call the, you know, the the, the grassroots, the upstart. Some folks have said the you know, the, the women's suburban movement, the suburban samurais, know, man. Kind of <laughs> took the whole. Yeah. Don't don't call them soccer moms. Call them samurais. No, samurais, right? man. Um, you know, and I, I can still remember that that first that first organized uh, external outpour of of support for hillary clinton um you know in east cobb mm-hmm. heart of the the blue is a blue in cobb county i mean red is a red right. in cobb county i'm sorry and uh and and those women were there you know yeah. I'm, I'm proud and happy that i happened to get a call and, and they were asking some some logistical questions um and and they said you know why don't you come on out and i was like i'll be there you wow. know so uh out there on that first that first day and we really haven't looked back since right mm-hmm. i mean i i came to be chair approximately two weeks after the election. Wow. So again, we were elated that, that Hillary won, and there were lots of talk about Cobb going blue, but I'll tell you, that's that's something that I never said in, in mm-hmm. 16. Um, and it's basically because I looked down ballot from that. So as great as it was that we carried uh, Senator Clinton for that victory, every down ballot race that was competitive, we did not win any of them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you kind of you kind of work with what you have and, 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 and embellish that, but at the same time, you've got to be true. And that was, that was the position I took. We've got to be true with ourselves and see exactly where we are. So that was kind of what was to come. But I knew we had a lot of work kind of to do after that. So that, you know, two weeks later, me becoming chair, coming in with a completely different new vision as to where we're mm-hmm. going to take this party and what we're going to do. And, you know, I'll, I'll you know, go into a little bit very simple about, about that was, man, we just need to turn the curve on what county parties were capable of doing yep. in the state. That's right. It's as simple as that. And and I felt that there was so much more that we could do to be influential yeah. uh, and, and to really be the cornerstone, the bedrock mm-hmm. uh, of the Democratic Party in the state starts with our county committees. Well, I, I got to stop you right there because you kind of bra- brushed through, you know, this example that you're set for counties around the state. Uh, with the exception of Cobb, you got 158 other counties in the state of Georgia. 
right? Yes. So to our friends in Rabin County and in Dahlonega mm-hmm. up there and, you know, in, in Lumpkin County and White County, you know, we're in a part of the state where we are uh, blue dots in oceans of deep red. Sure. And blood so red. for us, blood red, right? I'll mm-hmm. take that one. But for us, um, what has been so critical is how do we create those pipelines? Because we saw what John Ossoff did. You know, mm-hmm. John Ossoff, who you recently met with and had a conversation with, you know, has been not only continued to be active, but John's campaign not only sh- shined a national eye on the state of Georgia in the 6th Congressional District, but John helped to elevate where we are now, right? And we've Fair got enough. great candidates like John, like Lucy, all over the state and right here in North Georgia. How can we create pipelines to the blueprint and the example that you all set so that other counties that are not doing as well can begin to replicate those results? Sure. Um, one of the things that I've done was get on the road myself. Yeah. You know, I've been mm-hmm. to some of those counties, you know, and I've been to, to Chatham County. I've been to Tiff County. You yeah. know, um, I've been to Quaker County. Um, so part of it is getting around to those areas and, and right. literally leading by example. Um but I, I kind of mentioned it, right? Making sure that, that you just break the mold. And, and what I tell a lot of county parties is don't wait for the state party. Don't right. wait for the national mm-hmm. party. Um, you know, there, there's capabilities and functions that you have that you can kind of take off. Uh, you mentioned about the John Ossoff race and what happened. What, what's more widely known now, but I don't know if you guys have heard of the 6th District Task Force, oh, right? Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. that 6th District Task Force, we actually started that before John Ossoff even got in the election. Wow. Right? And the goal around that was to, this melding between the grassroots and the party. So the way I looked at it was this. We had tons of energy on the ground by way of the, the grassroots, um, who were many new to, to electoral politics, mm-hmm. campaigning, grassroots activity. And what we were able to do was kind of marry the two. We were able to marry, you know, the the access and the ability of the county parties. And I said county parties because in these districts to cover more than one county, right? You have to work with other county, your other county committees within that district, right. you know, because far too often as county committee members, we only worry about what's going on with our county, and it only works in those races that are confined to those county limits. Yeah. Once it goes across those county limits, we need to make sure we're reaching out to those other county parties as well and make sure they're staying in the mix. But, you know, what are those things we can do? We can make sure that we're taking a, a very aggressive look at how we're raising funds, how we're how and who we're reaching out to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had this conversation just, just as early as a day. I said one of the first things we started doing was reaching out to voters in those historically red districts. That's right. right? Yep. Um, we don't change our message. Our message is true. We just need to let people know. And one thing I constantly say is that there's no Democrat that's on an island. I don't care if we talk about how blood red these districts are. I guarantee you, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your place of worship, yeah. there is someone whose Absolutely. policies and, and, and passions and principles align with yours. The simple thing is a matter of finding those people. I just, I just literally last night, Eric, was invited, you know where the airstrip is here in Forsyth County, yeah. um, to a meeting of Democrats that have a climate uh, organizing group that I have never heard of. I've lived in Forsyth County <laughs> since 2012, <laughs> sure. and there were about 15 to 20 Democrats that were in there building the the strategy um, mm-hmm. on getting behind the Green New Deal, mm-hmm. on environmental policies, on reaching out to conservatives. So I agree with you, man, and, and thanks for the correction, brother. So I just want to say this for, for the listeners. We have people that are outside of Metro Atlanta, outside of the state. Um, story we've told before is, you know, about our families and whatever. My wife is originally from Austell. When I first met her, it was so conservative, so Confederate flag waving. She literally delayed, I, I, gosh, it was months going to visit 
her parents' house because she's like, I don't want you to see what this is like. What I what I want to make the point of is it has changed so much. It's just akin to Gwinnett County, what we're trying to do here in Forsyth. These counties are changing. and We have to go and find these people and activate them. Just like you're saying, they're there. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I can relate directly to that story. <laughs> you know, By knowing... the way, Michael pulled up in a pickup truck today, <laughs> and I thought that was the realest way to come to Blue Topsy today. So thank you for pulling up on us. D- Dodge Ram. <laughs> Get a sponsorship out of that. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, th- that, that was a point that we had to make um, over and over again was reaching out to people um, who we may not on the surface, on the cover, think right. that are Democrats, right? I mean, so someone drives a, a full-drive pickup, you know, you may right. put them in a certain box. Yep. But, uh, but what we realized is that once we got people into environments where they were ready to come out of their shell a little bit, mm-hmm. look, I mean, some of those same areas you're talking about, you know, putting out a Democratic yard sign was just something you did not it's do. Like here, you know, thing. you just would not do mm-hmm. that. Um, but once folks started doing that, what they realized was the lady across the That's street right. from them, right? Yep. She's like, "Oh man, I didn't yep. know. I didn't know you was a Luther McBath supporter." Yep. You know, um, so we just started seeing those, and we we did another thing too, where we started to we went on a road show. Mm-hmm. Prior to me coming on chair, uh, the, the the layout was rather simple, right? We had a, a once a month meeting at Marietta Square. Um, that is at the center, basically, of Cobb County. Yep. And if you wanted to learn or hear anything about the Cobb County Democratic Committee, that's where you came. My approach is slightly different. If we are truly going to activate and engage people from all across the county, guess what? we got to go that's right. all across that's the right. county. Say it so again, you, man. You, know, you, you have to get out to where yep. your voters are, to get to where the people are, especially when trying to engage in new communities. It's right. not simply good enough to ask them to come to you, mm-hmm. right? You have to get out to them. Um, however, I will say we, we did amp up from a social media standpoint, every type of communication uh, to really let people know that we're here and what we're about. Part of the uh, talking about getting around to different counties, we basically instituted, um, which is basically a roadshow, right? I call them yep. community engagement meetings. Yeah. And these were literally meetings, not in lieu of our monthly meeting, but in, in addition right. to our monthly meetings. Uh, where we were going to different places throughout the county that I don't think Democrats have ever really gone to, at least in an organized fashion. Mm-hmm. We went to, to Ackworth. Mm. Um, we went to Ackworth, Georgia. That's going towards Kennesaw, right? So towards Ken- North. past Kennesaw, yeah. um, near, near the border. Um, almost in Tennessee, <laughs> and I, and I'll admit, didn't know a soul in Ken- I mean, in Ackworth. We didn't even know where to where to hold a meeting at. Yeah, and uh, we found a a public uh, community space to have it in. We got on social media. We activated some folks, um, and I can tell you, we had 120 people show up on a cold Tuesday night to hear about what the Cobb County Democrats were like. And a lady told me, almost in tears, that. She was amazed and surprised because the Democratic Party had never, ever, ever came to Ackworth. Well, let me let me say this, man, because I don't think we've done justice in, in the way in which, you know, people that don't know you. I want to share this with you. And, and I've taken my notes on someone that, that, you know, has come in here and has worked really hard. But since taking over as chair, just some of the accomplishments, uh, State Senator Jen Jordan uh, took the seat vacated by the former Senator Hunter Hill, which was a Republican out of Smyrna. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that in the special election. 
2018, we saw Mary Frances Williams, Democrat in Marietta. Um, she defeated Representative Sam Teasley, who was a Republican out of Marietta, and Representative Eric Allen, our good friend, Democrat in Smyrna, won the seat previously held by Representative Rich Gullick, which was a Republican out of Smyrna, and he actually chose not to run again, which mm-hmm. speaks a lot of values about the leadership. Um, all incumbent Democrats in the legislature representing Cobb were reelected in 2018, which coupled with the three red and blue flips gave Democrats the majority in Cobb legislative delegation for the first time in decades. Then Democrats Jaha Howard and, and um, what is it, Charissa Davis. Charissa Davis. Charissa Yes, Charisse. Yeah, Davis were both elected to the Cobb School Board. We saw Lucy McBath. I mean, we can go on mm-hmm. and on and on and on. And, and we know that Lucy will face some, you know, some opposition. We know they're going to be coming for her. But I just got to thank you. I've got to thank everyone from Cobb County listening that helped to make these things possible. We couldn't be happier. And to step up and to see that kind of work and that kind of leadership, it speaks volumes. And we are working hard in Forsyth. We're working hard in Gwinnett. And I know folks all over this state are working hard the same way to make that happen. So great, great examples, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue to follow what they're doing. All right, so let's go to a. Oh, go. Yeah, go. I, I, I was going to say. I mean, that's, that that is a uh, that's an impressive list. We we definitely have had a good run. Yeah. Uh, you know, we made a concerted effort to to get involved, and engaged at every single level, and uh, I'll even throw in the fact of there's a race that you didn't mention there. Uh, technically, it's a nonpartisan race. Yeah. But Miss Maryline Blackburn, um, in, in essence, flipped a seat for the Smyrna City School Council. I mean, okay. Smyrna city council and that's impressive because uh that is the she was the became the first person of color ever to hold a seat in the smyrna city council and wow. that's, that city's been uh incorporated in night in uh-huh. 1872 wow 1872 wow. so that was a concerted effort we made as well that, that we we're going to play in nonpartisan races as well so if you look at you know from city council seats to school board state rep state senate and then ultimately uh, Lucy McBath getting elected in a congressional level. Uh, you know, I am I am still elated that we have been able to literally work on every different level of government and elect Democrats while I was chair. And that's what we're trying to focus on here in Forsyth and everybody else. Gwinnett, knowing local level first, bottom up. That that's that's what creates this momentum for 2018. Since you have a lot of experience in this realm, what are some of your takeaways from what worked right and what didn't work right in the state of Georgia? Oh, uh, what what worked right was um, outside of the party, there's levels of activity that we've never seen before, right? Um, There's level of engagement, particularly in in the Democratic Party um, or in the Democratic side of the House. You know, anyone who wants to label themselves as progressives or liberals or Democrats, it doesn't matter. Being left of center, we've seen turnout that we've never seen before. And and that's one thing I can say is is good, but then also... it's a it's an area that we can continue to expand on right by 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 yards and miles um the the democratic party of georgia still has room to be able to um embrace those folks and bring them in so we have a true unity right end to end when it comes to that so i think that was a, a something that we done really really good was be able to reach out those grassroots and, and engage a lot of those people and bring them in uh things that did not go really well 
Um, I'll also say that the fact of the, the amazing number of women that we had running this past election cycle as well, That's right. from Cobb and literally all over right. all over the state, as well as our statewide candidates was very well represented and very diverse. Right. So I think we got that right. We were able to give people across the state uh, reasons to get engaged, all different types of people able to come to the table with candidates um, that were, were as diverse as Georgia truly is. I think right. that was a plus. If there's something we could have done better, um, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. So I, I don't want to I don't want to play that game. But I think some of the things that we saw early on um, was that the the need that we had to get organized earlier and help out different parts of the state where right. they need it. Look, we can talk about being in a metro area, and, and, and we're good all day long. That's right. Um, but we need to start exporting our own talent to parts around That's the right. state where people need it. I, I've worked with county committees where, you know, they just they need a lot of help, and it's not it's not initially on them. And, I, and I'm not going to put this on the, on the county committees or those chairs because we have a lot of county counties that don't even have county committees. That's right. That's okay, right. but there are Democratic voters in those areas. So you know what I think we need to do, and I've mentioned this before, is that Georgia is not going to turn blue simply by what we do inside the inside 285. That's right. Right. Gotta we have, have to export that talent. Strategy. We have to get out. To, to counties and county committees outside of, of the metro area and engage them, share best practices, um, share resources, and get them engaged involved as well. The critical thing I want to mention, you, you, you have painted a really great picture of what I'd like to call singles and doubles, right? Because a lot of times for, for, mm-hmm. for Democrats, you know, the, the analogy I like to give is we like to go for the home runs, the governor, the president, the secretary of state. But you painted a really great picture of how Cobb County has been able to win from the school board to literally House and state representative seats. My question for you is, is kind of, you know, flirting with 2020. Uh, since I've been a Democrat in Georgia, the majority of things that we have seen from a presidential standpoint has been inside the perimeter, exactly what you just said. But this year it, it began to get different. Right. And last year, I mean, we saw Oprah come into Cobb County mm-hmm. and she hosted Stacey Abrams there, which I thought that was really exciting. Yes. But most people would still argue, well, hey, that's still kind of the perimeter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then we saw Elizabeth Warren come into Gwinnett County. What I am beginning to see, Eric, is that we're starting to see this right. slow trickle of an expansion beyond mm-hmm. the borders of Metro Atlanta. How important is it for presidential nominees, for national figures to, to visit the rest of our state? And as we all know, July 13th to the 16th, 2020, uh, the Democratic National Convention will be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we all know in this room that that was intentional, right? Mm-hmm. How yes. important is it when someone steps foot into the state of Georgia for them to be able to understand that there are 159 counties in this state, and while we can't visit all of them, making sure they're including the conversation is critical. Yeah, I, I think it's um, this is campaigning, so it is about numbers. So yeah. I, I can't, you know, you, you can't fault any campaign for going where the numbers are. Yeah. Right. And so when you mentioned Cobb and Gwinnett, uh, those are those are two key counties. I mean, right. we were. Uh, you know, where Cobb County was featured on Meet the Press, right, last yep. week, and and that is that is a true testament. You know, NBC is running national stories about about what we're doing. Gwinnett's getting that same attention. I think next you're going to see a county like Henry County, mm-hmm. which is turning very fast. Yep. Newton County, yep, right so in Rockdale. So what what's happening is really the the metro area is expanding. Right, yeah. is what's happening. So it's still kind of following the same paradigm of they're going where the votes are. Um, I would like to see a presidential candidate go to Richmond County. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would like to see one go down to Fort Valley. Yeah. Right. Go to Valdosta. That's right. Truly. Lowndes County. Truly get mm-hmm. outside 
uh, of the metro area uh, because that will have a, a ripple, a wave effect that will that will go all through South Georgia, Southwest yeah. Georgia, or go up to Rome uh, and truly activate other areas and, and bring focus in on that. And, 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 I, and I have to, to say to you, and, and some of our listeners might not like it, but the reality is that is exactly what we are seeing Republicans do. That's right. We've seen Donald Trump in Macon. We've seen Trump in Valdosta. We've seen him recruit talent like Nick Ayers. We don't have to agree with the guy, but we're starting to see this pull. And we know that we've got just as much talent on the Democratic side, if not more, than the Republicans on the other side. So I think to your point, I'd love to see him in Macon and Fort Valley and all these other areas. I just would hope that we embrace it because I think we're losing on the ground game. Have we made up a lot of space? Of course we have. But I think we have to do a better job as Democrats in understanding that there are areas in this state, regardless of if a presidential candidate comes and visits, we've got to make sure that we're showing a presence and showing our leadership in these areas. Um. I agree, but I don't think we're losing the ground game. Okay. Right. I, I don't think we. I think. I think we have an inherent ground. I think we have an inherent advantage when it comes to the ground game, and and as simple as this is that, our our message can be questioned at times okay. because we're Democrats and right. and and we love we love to be Democrats and we love to be smart and we love to be uh, intelligent. We love to work on it at the tip of the spear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we also understand that voters a lot of times are visceral, right? It, it's much further down. Republicans talk about, you know, your, your basic needs, right? Your shelter, your your security, your food, your and job. And your fear. You know, if you're familiar with, with, with a Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? I mean, Republicans really focus on, on that bottom. But what I can tell you is that I think we still have the advantage because our policies and our principles and, and, and our values, what we stand for, is resonating and it continues to resonate. Um, and from a from a pure campaign standpoint, Democrats will roll their sleeves and get out there and knock on those doors and pound that pavement. Uh, Republicans have a much harder time at doing that. Yeah. Right? I mean, they, they're much more about mailers, you know, yeah. getting on the radio. Um, and, and sham and, uh, town yeah. halls, Eric. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, we had that this <laughs> and, past week. And, and getting, getting, getting together, you know, tiki torches or not. Oh, but, my um, God. Just getting, <laughs> getting together. So I think we, we and, and this, look, this movement we have now, coupled with the grassroots, I cannot say how important yep. that is, right? And I don't, it doesn't matter to me about how left you are or how moderate you are. And I think that's probably the last, last piece as well is that, you know, while I was chair, I remember one of the first meetings I had, there was someone who came to me, and I remember he was wearing a Bernie shirt. And he asked, he literally asked me, he says, he said, he said, Michael, um, I, I enjoyed the meeting. I think it was great. He goes, but, you know, I'm, I just want to ask, is like, is it okay if I'm here? I was, I was blown away. I was literally blown away. Yes, is it okay that he's here? Remember, Hillary had just won, yeah. you know, in yeah. Cobb County. And, um, you know, we were awash in pantsuits and, and everything was at that at that point in time really, really kind of a little contentious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made it clear then that no matter where you were at on that spectrum of blue, you were still blue. That's right. You know, and it did not it did not matter from that standpoint. But how come that has not trickled? Because I was Bernie's political director. We, we still see to this day this dissension. And yep. I feel that, you know, let, let's just talk about it. I mean, the reality is that we saw a very uh, hurtful um, period that we had to all just, um, own. You know, I many people licked their wounds uh, when, when I stepped down 
from being after the primary in 2016 from being Bernie's political director, I immediately went and rolled up my sleeves for Hillary. Yep. You know, a lot of people didn't do that because obviously they were hurt. A lot of things happened. But why has it taken us two years to still get over it? Because I, because to be honest with you, to just be totally frank, a lot of the stuff we talked about in 2016 in Bernie's campaign that wasn't accepted mm-hmm. is now the norm. It's the platform. On the sure. it's the yes. platform right? Yeah. So, but however... Anytime you say Bernie in a room, people cringe, right? And 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 it's unfortunate, but that's just what we're seeing. Now, granted, I have not made a decision on who I'm going to support this cycle. However, I think that to flirt with the types of things that divided us in 2016 and to not really address them head on could ultimately hurt us if we don't get a hold of it quickly. I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the fact that the Democratic Party has shifted. Mm-hmm. And there's no mm-hmm. doubt that it's shifted to the left, and it shifted towards the the, the practices or, or the policies that that Bernie was talking about at a time where it seemed to be, you know, too far, far left, right. too <laughs> far left, you know, all the way all the way to the point to where you had you had Stacey Abrams running two years later, and it got castigated. Remember her being too extreme, yeah, right, yeah. too radical for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you had Republicans adopting. You know, I'm sure you guys remember the um, pre-existing conditions. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, every Republican in the land now supports pre-existing conditions. So what you find is that that party, the party has shifted. Right. And and the shift is going to come when when you get an overwhelming preponderance of support on a particular issue or policy. That's right. We see that with everything. We we, we don't have to go back too far to to have the discussion around, you know, gay marriage and gay rights. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, um, which now is is what are you talking about? I mean, was that ever an issue? But it really wasn't. It wasn't that long ago. So what you're what you're explaining is how fast politics change mm-hmm. once the public appetite for it comes, mm-hmm. right? Republicans right now are, are gripping with the expansion of Medicaid because you've got a right. 70% approval rating, so they're trying to figure out what to do with it, but at the same time not say it because that's going to be against their policy. That's right? right. So I think there's a dichotomy. The dichotomy around this is that the Democratic Party as a whole has shifted to the left. I think we've all acknowledged that mm-hmm. and acknowledged that. And yes, we are we are now even flirting with the further left when we talk about, you know, universal health care. We talk about, you know, uh, affordable education, free education, free college for all. Um, but we're continuing to shift there. The problem that, that you experienced, unfortunately, Daniel, and, and many others, for, and people that I count as friends as well, that did support Bernie, they 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 aren't given just credit and due yeah. for being part of that change and mm-hmm. being part of that push that has now allowed these things to be accepted as norms, right? To be what we consider mainstream democratic right. policies and and principles now were only two years ago seen as rather fringe. Yeah. Um but Very now so. candidate after candidate that is coming out are adopting some of these same principles and some of these same platforms They're as it. their cornerstone. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, which never would have been done in the last presidential cycle. So, you know, you know, to that, I understand why there are people such as yourselves that that are are bruised because of it. You know, um, but all I can say is that I realize that this is this is not the way that we're going to win yeah, in 2020. Right. And whatever angst, whatever whatever issues that are still out there, man, we've got to squash those. I agree. You know, we have got to squash those because you know I I worked on the Hillary campaign. I was a director of veteran and military families for for the metro area. Mm-hmm. Um, you served, right? Yes, served eight, your, eight th- years in the Marine Corps. Thank you for your service. So I, I was. You're welcome. So I was more than happy to kind of come on 
work for Hillary as hard as I could. Prior to that, I was I was right down the middle. I was a party official. I felt the best thing for me to do was keep my integrity, yeah. right? And so I, I worked hard for both candidates. But after Hillary won, wasted no time rolling my sleeves and getting out there. That's right. Um, you, you're going to have to understand that that with that party shift, um, there needs to be people, and I think it does need to be people that were not working for 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 bernie sanders at the time to step forward and be like come on guys yeah, right yeah. this is you know bernie's in this race again um he's, he's he's not the only one talking about those issues we brought up before yeah but um you know to those folks if, if you're still a bernie supporter keep keep supporting him that's yeah, your that's guy um but but after you know after the election we all have to come through and i can only hope that you know party officials um realize it and are, are much more understanding i think delicate of the situation more inclusive um because a lot of times it's not about what you see or what you think it's about how it's being how it's being projected onto others Mm -hmm. so if others don't feel wanted if that guy you know that was wearing the bernie shirt shirt did not feel welcome or wanted yeah we wouldn't have had those achievements you talked about earlier Mm -hmm. i can attest to that right we needed every single democrat every single person that's seen themselves as any type of uh, left of center person that wanted to get out and either vote, donate, knock on a door, write a postcard. We needed every single one of them. And that's what it's going to take in 2020 if we're going to have any kind of the success we had in 2018 and then to compile on top of that. We got to work, man, and get out of our feelings, right? People should people should look at the Republicans and go, look, look at Reagan and Bush. They went at it, and then Bush became vice president. Everybody's like, oh, we love Reagan, we love Bush. You know, the Republicans seem to squash it. They're like, okay, it's time to unite. Let's let's roll forward. I think we need to do more of that. And I saw in twenty and, and in two thousand eight, to their respect, even though I think they may have had to hold their nose to do it, but Hillary Clinton <laughs> and Barack Obama did come together yep. and yes. they did make it work. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a lot of hurt and there was a lot of frustration, but we saw this reemerging of, of them their unison together. So, all right. So here's a personal type of question because we always talk about politics. Thing is, what got you into politics? <laughs> oh, it um, it it has to go back to the cornerstone of, of my military service. I yeah. mean, there's there's no doubt about that. You know, I um, I'm a at least a third generation wartime vet that I know. Um, so my you know my initial things of getting into politics in in foreign policy and in in national security all had to do with the military. Um. I think uh, af- after I kind of got out of the military, I was continuing to look for ways to serve, kind of give back. That's really what kind of led me into, into policy. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd work with organizations like the World Affairs Council, the Southern Center for International Studies. So I was really a policy wonk. Right? <laughs> I, I, you know, my, my background is in IT and, and cybersecurity. So I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I'm all about the policy underneath. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm the guy, put me in the lab and let me work kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and and had just carried on that trajectory, right? I thought, you know, my, my purpose in politics was going to be, you know, the guy who's actually writing the policies, you know, the, mm-hmm. the ones who are working at the think tanks, the director of the think tank. Um, it, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't as, as chairman, of, chairman <laughs> of the Democratic Party or, you know, influential member of, of the Democratic Party of Georgia, someone who's going to be on, you know, political commentating every week. That, <laughs> that definitely was, was not in the cards for sure. I, um... You know, I came up through the Young Dems, you know, yeah. and I, I was really on the policy side. And a, a couple of folks had, had reached out to me and said, hey, you know, um, why don't you come over and come to some of these Democratic meetings? Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, you know, the and, and it's still t- to, to this same thing to extent now is that 
people in policy and people in politics don't necessarily work in the same circles. Right. Right. Um, so coming over into, I remember I, I, YDATL was actually the first first uh, political meeting, yeah. so to say, here in Georgia that I went to and um, realizing, man, these are completely different group of folks that I, that I don't know any of them. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, everyone has that experience at one point in time where you walk in a room and you don't know anyone. Yep. And it's just a matter of networking at that point. And so then it's a matter of coming back and coming back until you you, you find a way to get engaged, you find a yep. way to get plugged in. And uh, so I, 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 I was living in Cobb County, but I was going to... Uh, Atlanta events. And then, you know, it's kind of like, hey, man, what, you know, you live in Cobb. Why aren't you engaged in some of the political activities going on in Cobb? So um, through a mutual friend, I I got involved with the Young Dems in in Cobb County. And then then later on, I got I literally got asked to to pick up a vacancy and serve as a second vice chair. And then one fateful January, I mean, (laughs) one one fateful day, I think I I subbed in as uh, to just you know, uh, um, carry on a, a mo- regular monthly meeting because the chair was on vacation. It sounds so familiar. You know, <laughs> and, and after the meeting, literally a couple of people walked up to me and they were like, we think we found our next chair. And I'm looking around me going, where? Oh my <laughs> gosh. So, so but here's the, so what, what we've talked about before that's called, you've been voluntold. They're like, yeah. there you are. You're the next chair. Yeah. yeah. We've been there. It was, it was interesting. <laughs> well, look, man, you have all the ingredients of leadership. Um, you know, we've both said that we respect you and the work that you support in Cobb County. Um, and I, I just have to ask you, man, I mean, your name's been floated out there uh, on the congressional space. And, and we know that while there is a Democrat holding that seat in David Scott, um, there has been talk, you know, and, and I'm just going off of what I've heard um, about you potentially putting your name in the hat. How important is it for you to continue your leadership? We all know that's listening. Eric and I know that your leadership, your integrity, your work doesn't end with you stepping down from the chairmanship. But uh, I'll be honest with you, you know, I would really love to see you continue. And I think that's a position that could use a lot of help and a lot of work and a lot of new progressive ideas. And and so what are your thoughts on the feedback that I know you've heard? I'm not going to act like you haven't been asked or heard or pushed or shoved. But, I mean, on a serious note, what are your thoughts about considering um, pursuing that that potential office, running for Congress? Yeah, you know, I'll I'll be I'll be I'll be pretty transparent here. I mean, um, I I have said before, it is something that I'm seriously considering. Um, I think I have to. I, I think mm-hmm. it's uh, I think it's worth it. And yeah, people <laughs> pulling, pushing. I, I think if uh, lots of people had their way, I'd, I'd I'd be out, you know, with a t-shirt on right now, knocking on doors. <laughs> but uh, but I I want to be I want to be prudent with it. I want to give it the ne- the level of of, of thought and uh, and care that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is uh, an under a huge undertaking, one that I don't take lightly. Um, but I am, yeah, I'm immensely humbled by the people that reached out to me and asked me about running. I mean, I, yeah, there's, there's reports online. Um, there's, there's some stories that's already been written. I think, um, I think you know, you've actually been recruited by a couple of media outlets I, already. There's, there's, uh, it, it, it seems I literally, I'm, I'm, I'm Googling myself every day, which, which I, I haven't <laughs> done very often, but I'm, I'm starting to do it now just to see what new pieces has, has gotten written. So, I mean, yeah, with, with that said, Daniel, you know, there, there's no way that I could not take a look at this, yeah. right? I mean, as I mentioned, you know, my, my prior background uh, in the Marine Corps, you know, taught me some very fundamental values. And I think one of those is that when you see an opportunity, when you see something that needs to be fixed, corrected, and you have the capacity to mm-hmm. do it, you go do it. 
And, well, and that's been fundamental in my life. Yeah. Uh, that's ultimately why I did become the chair of the Democratic Party in Cobb County, because I had, you know, no doubt that I could fundamentally change not only Cobb County, but ultimately how county parties work around around the state. So I look at the 13th Congressional District the same way. People know me quite a bit from the 6th Congressional District because yeah. a lot of work that I've done um Throughout the six, with with John Ossoff as well as Lucy McBeth, um, but I'm a resident of the 13th, yeah, and, and I have been for years now. And um, you know, same way I, I spoke about earlier when I used to go to you know Young Democrats of Atlanta events mm-hmm. living in Cobb, um, time may be for me to come back home to the yeah. 13th. I've done some great work up in the six, but you know, you go back home. Yeah. So, uh, so well, let me say this, man. I mean, we we use a lot of quotes here and. Uh, you you have my support. I I don't I I don't think I have any titles, do I, Eric? No, see, no. But, so I mean, but, so but, I right. I support Michael Owens. I can't um, say anything anymore. Yeah, like, I so have titles now, and they won't let me. On behalf <laughs> of Daniel Blackman, right? <laughs> but no, I, I will say to you, uh, Doctor King once said, "The true measure of a man is not where he stands in times of comfort and convenience; is where he stands in times of challenge and controversy." You stood in 2016 when it wasn't comfortable nor convenient. Uh, you stood in 2018, and I believe whatever your next decision is, you will make us all proud. Uh, our good friend Shirley Franklin used to say, if you make me mayor, I'll make you proud. And <laughs> I know that whatever you do, um, Michael, and you will be back on the show, but I want to make sure whatever you do, you know that you have our support. Um, and Eric, I, I don't know if you want to add anything else to the conversation, but I wanted to make sure I publicly said how proud we are of having leaders around the state, of being able to look at a Lucy McBath and a Stacey Abrams and a, you know, a John Ossoff and all these great names, but then to also say, but then there are those others who might not be in the headlines as much that are really doing the work and you deserve whatever comes next to you. And we do want to thank you for being a part of this journey. I want to say that a lot of people don't understand when you get involved with local party politics, these are all volunteer positions. All of us that do this stuff, there's no paycheck, there's no compensation, it's your time and energy, and it takes a lot. No, there's no doubt. I mean, whenever whenever I took, uh, whenever I won the election to become chair in November of 2016, I took the next three months off work. Okay. Literally. And I worked on redefining this county party from the ground up mm-hmm. every document you know our, our meetings everything about it i literally took three months off to build and i mean i'm fortunate enough that i was able to do that mm-hmm. um but but that is a level of dedication uh and and not just from that but the hours upon hours uh that we spend right as, as county committee members chair first vice chair second it doesn't matter mm-hmm. um there's a lot of time and effort that goes into uh, doing what needs to be done in, this kid, in these volunteer roles. So, you know, m- my dedication has remained true. And then, you know, I wanted that to expand beyond Cobb County. We, we can't we can't take with so much um, pleasure or, or admiration in what we're doing locally. We have to make sure that whatever we're doing, if it's working, man, we're getting it out there for everyone else to share. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Daniel Blackman. Uh, this is Blue Topsy. I'm Eric Cohen. And we want to thank you if you... Uh, are out there and you have been supporting transit like what we're literally witnessing and waiting for in Gwinnett uh, fight for transit especially in our rural areas we know that uh, access to transit leads to upward mobility it leads to helping people get out of poverty transit allows us to do things that 
uh, really, I think, bridge the gap between between income inequality and the ability for families to, you know, really provide for themselves. 1.9 million people in Georgia live at or below the poverty line. And while we do know that transit doesn't change everyone's lives, it makes it significantly easier for us to try and navigate through the challenges and barriers that exist. So I want to thank you for supporting Blue Topsy. Eric, let everybody know how they can follow us and how they can get in touch with us. All right, we have a pretty new website. Go to bluetopsy.com. And that also has show notes and all types of information now. So that's that's our new home base. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Blue Topsy. Or you can also email us at bluetopsy at gmail.com. And I totally forgot, Brother <laughs> Michael, how do the people reach out to you? How can people continue to follow the work of Michael Owens? I mean, Facebook's a good option. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing you do is get on Facebook, get on Instagram, um, it's Michael Owens. I could give you my my Twitter hashtag. You're all going to laugh because it's- I thought you were about to say phone number. And I was about to fall <laughs> out my chair, that, man. I don't. Do you, look, my, my, my phone number is not hard to find either. If you want to give me a call, I do accept all calls um, with donations. If he runs for Congress, <laughs> my bad, my bad. Whoa, uh, you you can you can reach me at uh, my Twitter handle is Owens for Georgia. 13. So it's O W E N S. It's an F O R T. I like that too. Uh-huh. I love the handle, Georgia man. 13. Uh, reach, find, find me on Facebook. Um, reach out. I'd love to be able to talk to anybody. I want to get some feedback. Let me know uh, what you're thinking about you know, politics around the metro area, around the state of Georgia within the 13th district. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. I'm Daniel Blackman. I'm Eric Owen. Thank you for tuning in to Blue Topsy. We'll see you soon. Thank you.